Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. In terms of the rest, the other things that you are standing for um, and that you hope to accomplish, uh, many of these things are are really important for, for all of us. Honesty, integrity, and transparency. What kind of transparency issues uh, do you think that we have? I know you've mentioned the I-77 toll road project. Uh, Are there other things that you can point to that uh, would fall under that category? Well, I've I've served in the General Assembly for uh, from 1980 to 1998. We actually put in our rules that every issue voted on had to be germane to the title of the bill, and you couldn't change the title of the bill as it went through the process, because there is a process for legislation to go through. It requires three readings and to be passed, uh, to be, uh, have a positive vote. Well, you had to have a, it had to be germane uh, to the title, and you could not you had to give three days' notice if you wanted to change what was in that bill. And today, we've done away with those rules. By doing it that way, it was transparent. People had a chance to find out and vote on it. Today, they have meetings at night, and send a, a bill's been through two of the readings, and is coming up for the third reading. And lo and behold, not only do they put something in it that's not in the title, they change the title, they change the bill, and maybe even take it to an entirely different subject. Yeah, I would encourage the General Assembly and all of our state agencies, don't make changes at the last minute. It's got to be put out there in the public so the public knows what we're doing. And if somebody else has a better solution, we've got to be listening for ways to do things. I'd there's no one of us has a perfect solution, and we have to be willing to listen and accept the fact that somebody else may have a good idea and work towards a positive solution for, for everything. You know, I like very much the idea of having legislations that speaks to the title of the bill. Uh, obviously, in so much that is done in Congress, uh, you can have a bill and it's labeled having to do with with water, and then they start adding all kinds of amendments and additions, and by the time it gets through, it's about the land, uh, just to be very simplistic about it. And, and that's the kind of thing that has given rise to anger 
in this country is that people realize that they're being constantly hoodwinked by politicians. When you dump a, a lot of different issues into a bill, how do you hold politicians accountable for what they vote on? Well, that's obviously true. And accountability uh, is something that's very important. And I assume that you are very much in favor of that kind of government where the people who make the laws are accountable to the people they represent. And, and that brings up a good issue. I did put a bill in to get rid of the current ethics laws in Raleigh and require that every, whatever you do, it has to be reported. And I did that because, well, for one thing, the ethics, ethics laws are just like all other laws. They don't do any good if the person the person you're applying them to doesn't have any ethics and doesn't, doesn't honor the laws. And so why not set up something so that we can at least do everything we can to get whatever is done reported, not, not just hide it behind it, but go ahead and report it. When we had everything being reported, I can tell you having been down there under both systems, when we had everything you did was supposed to be reported, we had better ethics, we had better uh, a better working atmosphere than is down there now where uh, they've got some very strict ethics laws on the books, but uh, it's very easy to obey the law and bypass every one of those ethics laws. All you have to do is say, well, we're friends. The lobbyist in the legislature says we're friends. They don't have to worry about the law. Well, you know, this really goes back to the original point you brought up, and that's Christian values, morals, the, knowing the difference between right and wrong. Uh, you know, I think uh, no matter how many laws you put on the books that would try to speak to that point, uh, it comes back down to whether that's the way you were brought up. Well, and the way we're brought up gets to leadership, and I, I am running for the top seat in the state because I think I can provide the leadership that would lead us in a positive direction, lead us in a successful direction, and lead us in one that we can all be proud of when my term in office is finished. You know, you have a history of standing up against the establishment when you were a legislature. How did that come about? Tell us Tell us what you did. Well, in 2013, I stood up on the floor of the House and spoke against toll roads and was promptly relieved of my job as chair of the Finance Committee and voted out of the caucus. I thought we went to Raleigh to stand up for the people we represented. You check my area. Uh, the last, one of the last polls they did, over 90% of the people in the area said they opposed the toll roads. I simply stood up for my people, and I, I, I've always felt a responsibility to represent the people who asked me to be their voice. Uh, there's no need sitting there and keeping my mouth shut if I'm supposed to be their voice and something that's going against what they want. I don't feel like I'm against the, the, uh, I don't feel like I'm against anybody in the, well, I don't feel like I'm against anybody. I'm a police speaker in the Methodist Church. I'm a Sunday school teacher. 
I was president of the National Republican Legislative Association one time. I was, in fact, I was selected as the National Legislator of the Year at one time. I was joint caucus leader. I've been known for being able to work with people and get things done. Just being against, the only time I've been against, I've been against the issues. I haven't been against anybody. Well, you know, so in terms of standing up, I mean, this, this concept that if you stand up to the party leadership, you get punished for it, that is the absolute antithesis of what a legislator or any leader is supposed to do. Uh, that, to me, is, is reprehensible. The, the party establishment who condones and, and does that kind of activity really is, it is completely against the founding principles of this nature. It is. It is. I, I use, you mentioned I had wrestled. I, <clears throat> I was Atlantic Coast Conference wrestling champion, but when I was in college, I was also a cheerleader. And I spent 24 years in the North Carolina National Guard and retired as a lieutenant colonel. And I put it that way because I tell folks, if they will elect me as governor, I will lead North Carolina in the same way I've led my life. And it involves standing up. We'll take names, but cheer about it. Well, that's a very important point. And, and you know, uh, again, I just I have to reiterate this point, is that when you stand up in your good conscience and you propose an idea that happens to be against the leadership's idea and you get punished for it. You lose your seat, you lose your privileges and all that kind of stuff that the leadership does. It's the leadership that needs to change. Uh, That's what's so important about Robert Brawley, my guest on this program. That is what's so important about you running against the establishment for the governorship of North Carolina. And I appreciate those comments. I think it points out uh, one difference I think I do bring to the table. I have always been willing to listen to another person's point of view. As I said earlier, I don't think we learn anything by only talking to people that already agree with us. We learn by going out in the community and listening discussing, sharing views, and and looking for solutions by working together. We don't prove that. That's how we get that's how we get real things done without all of the anger and frustration that we have right now where too many times it's just being forced upon us. You know, I see that you also have uh, are very strong on improving education. Uh, and, and you know Really what we're talking about is, and I mentioned it before, when you, in order to know what's right and wrong, to live by Christian values and understand moral right and moral wrong, that involves education, not just education by your parents in your home, but but education in terms of the ABCs. So what kind of things do you think are important when it comes to educating the children of North Carolina? major issues I look at. Enough the first one, I'll be looking for a way we can get the federal 
federal government gives North Carolina approximately four hundred billion dollars a year. That's about eight percent or nine percent of our total education budget. For that very small percentage of our education budget, the federal government is allowed to tell us everything to do with our educational system. We have to do whatever they tell us with our educational system. And the common core. I, I don't like common core. That came from up above. I, things like that. Uh, I'll be looking for a way we can find that $400 million in our own budget and then tell the federal government to get out of our classroom and get out of our state and come to education. That would allow us to do a lot more toward turning our educational system back over to the classroom teacher. And our own Constitution says that a uh, in teaching education, a strong spiritual understanding improves our own understanding of life and should be included in education. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, it's something we have to work with federal law on to really get back into practice, but somehow or another we've got to get it back into our school system. I think those are really important points because uh, this t- this whole top-down uh, scenario that we get from Washington is detrimental in so many ways, and certainly education is one of them, but that's how the system works now. When 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 the 16th Amendment uh, was passed, which for the first time in our history allowed the federal government to reach into the pockets of individual taxpayers, that's when things started to unravel for us because once the money traveled to Washington in order to get it back, there were always strings attached. And you've just described an enormous string. We're getting 9% of our education money from Washington, yet they're telling us what to do 100%. That right. is not the right kind of deal. We, we don't normally, you wouldn't normally let that kind of representation control the process. I, I was brought up that in America, majority rules. Well, let 9% control our process entirely. Well, of course, I mean, and that's the point. The, the trouble is, is that they have us in the states so scared of losing a dollar here or a dollar there uh, that that they have no problem exerting control um, over us for that for those strings that they have attached, and that that's where it comes down to. And what we need is for a strong leader to stand up in Raleigh and say, "Look, we're going to lose some money here, but we're going to gain control." By losing that money, by losing that federal money, we get state control. That's what the Tenth Amendment is all about. And, and I think us controlling our own destiny is much more important than that dollar. And and that's exactly right. Uh, we have to we have to be able to exercise our control. So, what else do you have to say to us about your campaign? How's it going? And uh, what can we all do to help you out? I, I, if, if Anybody wants to help, the biggest thing we've got, what, a little over two weeks now. Uh, my website is robertbrawleync.com. Check it out. It's got ways to contact me. Uh, I do try to respond 
myself to any emails or questions that come up. Uh, be sure and go vote and take at least 10 people with you. Ask them to take 10 people. I, I'm sure everyone's heard of this. Each one, reach one. If we'd each reach out to one, you don't have to go out, but about uh, eight, nine times, and you've covered the entire population of North Carolina when you start doubling it that quickly. So if, if, if we just get out and vote, but above all else, whether you vote, anybody votes for me or not, pray about it and let your Christian conscience be your guide when you do go vote. We've got to elect people that understand Christian values, moral values, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have the America that we knew when we were growing up. So Robert Brawley, give me that website again. The what? Your website. Give me your website again. The, uh, the website is www.robertbrawleync.com. www.robertbrawleync.com. So yes. that's an important thing for, for you to do, listeners. Is go to that website, check out Robert Brawley, and help him out. Um, he's got a big battle here. North Carolina is a big state. He's got a lot of a lot of territory to cover. Uh, he's experienced. Uh, he's fought the establishment. He's on the right side. He understands what's right and wrong. Uh, and so, let's give him the chance to see if we can't get some honest government, honest government and transparency in Raleigh. That's something that we need so much here, not just here, but in every state. Uh, but this is the battle we're fighting here in the state of North Carolina, and I want you to, to give him a good look. How about some parting words, Robert Brawley? Well, I, I appreciate your time, taking the time with me today. and I would ask everyone, please go vote. Uh, I do feel like it's our responsibility as an American, and if we work together, we will again be proud of what we're doing in America. We won't find the frustration and the aggravation we have now when we wonder what's going on. And again, vote for Robert Brawley, the governor of North Carolina. We'll make our government transparent. We'll make it honest. We'll make sure there's integrity at all levels. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was Robert Brawley running for in the Republican primary March the 15th in North Carolina in the Republican primary for governor, www.robertbrawleync.com. Robert Brawley, thank you so very, very much for being a guest on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Thank you, Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. People I just love to hear that old man sing.
when I play the hoochie-coochie man. I get joy in everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. If you are having eye problems, the best option for care is right here in the mountains. Dr. Nan Eichenbaum is a Yale-educated ophthalmologist and has the training you need to get your precious eyes back to working order. Whether your impairment is cataracts, macular degeneration, diabetic eye disease, or glaucoma, call Dr. Dan Eichenbaum for treatment options. 828-837-5404. Quality eye care, regardless of your ability to pay. Don't put it off. Schedule an appointment with Dr. Dan Eichenbaum. Offices in Murphy and Blairsville. 